Hi, I'm Harry. And I'm Simon. Together we sell all sorts of antiques and collectibles from our two auction houses in Windsor and in Devon. But where do the items come from? Join us as we chat about house clearances, our weird and wonderful finds, and interview others in the antiques and auction trade, and if we're honest, just about any other topic that happens to come to mind. Hi, welcome back to The Gavel and the Gavel. It's Harry and I'm joined by... Well, it's me, Simon. I always say it like I'm surprised it's going to be you and the fact you're going to be on the end of a... <laughs> Who do you think it's going to be? I, 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 you know, like you, I always wish for the best. <laughs> and unfortunately, you got me. And we've just got each other. <laughs> Forever. It's worse than a marriage, surely. Just before we started this podcast, I will confess that usually we have a plan and Simon has got his little list. And when he asked me... What I had to chat about this week, my response was... Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. To be honest with you, at this point, it feels like Harry has put zero effort into this podcast. <laughs> I would just like everybody listening to know that he's made no effort at all. No effort at all. So, before we get started, Harry, why don't we discuss why you haven't done your homework? Oh, uh, just laziness. Why, no. why are you telling me off? It's not like a school teacher. <laughs> Why haven't you? No, um, well, my voice sounds like this because I've got Coldplay voice. Because I went to see Coldplay at Wembley last night. That was my treat. How young are you? Really not. Were you in the mosh pit? It's the most... I wasn't in the mosh pit, but it's the most middle-aged mosh pit in the world. <laughs> and but they always put on a very good concert. It's great. But it was... Yeah, no, so that, that, that was me. So I've slightly got Coldplay sing-along voice, I think. Really? Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's got nothing to do with what we do for a living, has it really? No, but I imagine a Coldplay gig, they were handing around hummus and dips. I mean... Yeah, let's not knock them. No, let's not knock them. Really? They were, they were great. Did they give you little blankets to put over your knees? I will tell you one thing I will tell you, though. It's always very funny. I'm not a great singer, but I do have a loud voice. It comes with the profession, I suspect. Or something I have cultivated since we started doing auctionary. However, I have one observation in life. How is it that when you're at a concert where or gig where lots of people do know the words and there's a lot of singing along, how is it? And maybe it's just me, but I'm always stood next to the bloke who knows every single word, is passionate about the group, but really can't sing. Great, great. So actually you paid to hear Percy Smith sing. Nice. <laughs> Hi. Right down my ear. Oh, I was like, oh, this could get dull. <laughs> I imagine there was a lot of old people there. Did you hand out business cards? No, no. But there was, yeah, there was, a, yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was quite a, um, yeah, it's a nice crowd. Was it all seated? No, there were, he, they've done amazing things. So, um, do you know what? We should message Chris Martin and say, do you want to come on the gavel of the gavel? Because, or any of the rest of the band, because we're green and you're very green. So the whole gig is um, supported by renewable energy. So, for instance, they had two big pads on the floor in the stadium, on the sort of pitch area. And they had 100 people got on each and jumped up and down and generated electricity. 
And then they had other people watching it on, on I guess they're what bikes. Uh, we all know that I am not the exercising kind. This, to be fair, walking from the car park to the stadium is the most exercise I've done in years. But they um, were on what bikes, pedalling, watching the show, but generating electricity. And all of the generators and everything were operated off, recycled cooking oil, and it was amazing. Oh, word. That's incredible. It was really... So the whole point being that they could do a gig at Wembley and prove that it was zero cost, you know, carbon neutral or whatever yeah. you call it. Wow. Right. Oh, that is very clever. Definitely absolutely not nothing to cost. do with, absolutely nothing to do with antiques, but good. No, but they do. But that's why do you know what? I've been looking forward to it all week and therefore I've I've done nothing. No, that's great. I've been that's at work great. every day, if that makes you feel better, and I've seen some lovely people. Well, we're in a strange situation whereby because of the way auctions fall this month you're actually on view for an auction on Saturday, but I've actually got two, three weeks until our Lime Bay auction when you come down here. So why don't you tell us about anything exciting we're auctioneering on Saturday? I've got an awful lot, bizarrely for August, I've got an awful lot of beautiful jewellery. You have actually, yeah. I have got a limited edition Ferrari one-eighth scale car which has attracted an awful lot of interest this month mm. and we've had people coming in from far around set lots of furniture and then which we've mentioned before so i've got a lot of oak furniture from uh, the convent or the frognal estate we cleared so yeah it's it's busy for august have to say it's busy for august that's good yeah that is really good and we're just still praying for rain because the whole country seems to have been in a heat wave and then in rain and then Windsor seems to have not had any rain at all. Wow. You're in a rarefied climate with the Queen. Yes. Yes. Well, we're all getting ready for the arrival of William and Kate. From where? Well, apparently they're moving into um, Adelaide Cottage on the Royal Estate, aren't they? Oh, are they? So on within the grounds of Windsor Castle. Lime Bay removals, we are available. <laughs> yes, quite. Well, we do deal with some of the um, nice people who work there. Um, who buy and sell dealing antiques and stuff, but everybody's very tight-lipped, as you can imagine. Do you remember um, years ago, when right at the beginning of Windsor Auctions, we genuinely did a house clearance in the castle? Oh, to be fair, it wasn't the Queen's Chambers. She didn't decide to just go, I've had enough of this, I'm off, clear that. It wasn't the whole of Windsor Castle. It was, was it a musician... Yes, it was the organist from St George's Chapel. We've also done, we've done several jobs there and we also cleared uh, a property where one of the chaps who was involved in the carriage driving uh, lived as well. We did that. Yeah. That, was, that was quite fun. We should have a royal crest, surely, by now. Yes, I don't think, I don't think two removal jobs gets you um, that, but yeah, no, sorry. Right then, mate, tell me about what's going on in your life, because you're going to have to do the heavy lifting for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Got something to discuss with you, which I'm very confused about. Really don't know where to go with this. And this is the joy of having auction houses. I think you would agree, Harry. Uh, we did a clearance before the last auction, and basically we packed up the house it came back on the lorries and because we were busy working on the next auction, it got put to one side and then yesterday we started unpacking it, as we do, wondering what we'll find. I'll tell you what we found. 150 Harry Potter wands. I'll say that again, wands. As in, 
Hocus Pocus abracadabra. No, 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 no. Show you haven't read the books. No, I haven't read the books. Hocus Pocus. Not Hocus Pocus. Abracadabra. No, no, none of that. Abra... What? None of that. Turn you into a frog. Anyway, no, none of there's that. hundreds of them. There are hundreds of these things, all in very swanky boxes. Yeah, they would be. What do you mean they would be? They would be, because... It's Harry a wand. Potter... Get a grip. No, well, hang on, hang on. People are hugely enamoured with the Harry Potter franchise and the books and the stories, and people do collect these things. But what do you need a wand for? Right, I've unpacked three of these, and I've got some silver coins and I've gone abracadabra turn into gold nothing happens these are genuine fakes no mate let's not get cancelled by all of the people who love Harry Potter in myself included hang on JK Rowling got cancelled I am far too too, stop she wrote it she got cancelled what hope have we got stop let's not get down that road I um I queued for books in the years gone by on the night of publication for what because I was so excited about the next book coming out. You queued to get a book. I love them. Oh, my goodness. That is life, mate. What am I going to do with hundreds of Harry Potter wands? None of which work. OK, I don't know how to tell you this. You're just going to have to get over yourself, mate. Who needs a wand in this day and age? OK, lots of people collect wands, just like they collect lots of other things. And I think, uh, what else have you found this week? Who I, collects wands? I fear you veering into dangerous territory that we... How is this to... dangerous? What, you think one of the people that's going to get upset is going to cast a spell on me with their wands? Well, I'm not worried about that because I've tried them. Oh, Simon, Simon, Simon. Lord of the Rings collectibles. I've got lots of those coming up in a sale. And there, people love those as well. I've got a ton of Airfix models. That's very exciting. It's bizarre, isn't it? (laughs) I'm going to start a rant on antique furniture versus Chinese plastic again. Anyway, I've got hundreds and hundreds of Airfix models. I've got loads and loads of Matchbox cars. Tell me about my new car. Ah, fine. Okay, let's move on to... So, I think in previous episodes we alluded to the fact that I may have a rather dangerous habit of getting slightly overexcited by things I like, buying them um, and putting them into auction and things not going exceptionally well, uh, vis-a-vis the boat, which didn't go well. To be fair to everybody listening, this has no monetary um, effect on them, but it does have a financial implication for me, <laughs> your, shopping, your shopping habit. I am shopping on our tab and, you know, I'm confident... <laughs> I'm confident that eventually I will get us into the black. I'm merely just trying to say that despite the fact that you and I do three auctions a month and do several thousand lots a month, we all make mistakes <laughs> buying and yes, selling. Yes, that's true. Yeah, and yeah. On, on that basis, on that basis, the Saab arrived today. The low loader that picked it up, the driver was not best bit pleased because... It was stuck in gear, the gearbox had seized, and all of the brakes had seized. No, 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 apparently he's, he got quite cross with me because he said um, they seized diagonally. I said, I don't know what that means. He said, well, let, well, let's put it this way. As soon as I tried to drag it with a winch, it went at 45 degrees across the back of the truck. So that was the first issue. I understand the word diagonal. He's got it on the low loader. He's brought it back. I mean... I want to say it's a classic. I want to say 
that the hundred pounds we spent on the low loader was money well spent. I want to say it's going to do well in auction. So do you know what? I'm sticking with my story. Uh, it's going to auction. You are going to auction it, Harry, with me. And I think, I think we're going to be rich. Uh, I think we're genuinely going to be, when you see the car, it's a classic. It's that Saab 900. It's got that streamline, aeronautical elegance to it. I mean, ignore the rust. Don't touch it. I think my silence while you're talking about it speaks volumes, as they say, as to my enthusiasm. Don't lean on the car because somebody made that mistake yesterday and their hand went through the front wing. So don't do that because it's not helping. I mean, it is air conditioned, not in the normal way. OK, it's going to be great. So um, here's hoping that having sold the uh, planter slash ship boat you bought the last time, we, did we have sell another it. member of staff who's got a fascination <laughs> with rusty wrecked um, Saabs and wants to buy that. David's our man for that. Lovely. Great. Well, thanks. Yeah, so it's here. It's here. I've sent you some pictures. Um, I don't want you to look at them now because I don't think an angry podcast is a good thing. An, an angry podcast is not a good podcast. Or an podcast. angrier podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the Saab. We will keep you informed as to how our little vintage car... I mean, we'll probably put in it's a restoration project. Um, I have something to talk to you about. Moving on from you making us money. Yes. Last episode, you, uh, or a previous episode, I can't remember what order they go out in. You asked for support to be allowed access. Yes, I did. To um, our social media account. Has the support come flooding in? Is that what you're about to say? Well. (laughs) Yes. How many? How many? Uh, um, How many? Thousands? uh, Hundreds. I'll go with hundreds. Uh, <laughs> Tens? <laughs> no, not exactly. What? Never ever give my brother oh. access to the Instagram <sighs> user rights. Well, I only have one sibling. So <laughs> through a process of elimination, I am saying that that will be my sister, Claire. Thank you, Claire. I'm a massive fan of Claire, and yes. um, if your own family, well, I'm going off her, to be honest. If your own family is saying he can't have access to Instagram, I'm loving it. Can I also say that um, she also said one of the reasons you shouldn't be allowed Instagram, and then she sent me a link to a man having a complete mental breakdown on Instagram whilst clearly imbibing um, and destroying his business over 40 minutes whilst he yep. lost his okay, ever-loving... lovely. Seems, seems to me think Claire's a little got, harsh. Claire's got my best interests at heart, for which I love her <laughs> even more. <laughs> yeah, but what about all the other people that have said... Not one. Oh. <laughs> oh. I, I wouldn't mind, but I, I can't even muster a member of staff to back me on this. And certainly not my wife. And certainly not my children either. I mean, this is just appalling. Oh, yes. If you do hear background noise in Simon's recording... Um, the school holidays are still on. So the boys are in the office. My nemesis, Max, um, <laughs> who we refer to in the previous in previous episodes, is uh, in the office somewhere. So you might hear them in the background. And do you know what? It's modern day life. And we're trying to give a, a accurate reflection on what working life is like at the moment. Um, so um, you had a story for me. 
do you know what? I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try and be sensible for once. Well, ish. From our last auction, we sold. And so this is a story, Harry, about the fact that it's not all about the money. It's not all about the commission. It's not all about the buying and selling for a fortune. It's about our auction business. And do you know what? Something about this I just thought was very sweet. We did a clearance uh, in Dorset. Uh, we brought loads of stuff to auction. One of the items that went to auction was a little folk mandolin. So a little balloon back mandolin with inlay, you know, little tiny guitar. You know what a mandolin is. I don't need to explain it to you. I appreciate that. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Do you play one? No, no. No. My mandolin okay. days are behind me. They're behind you. Right. So anyway, really sweet little vintage thing. Um, no idea if it plays. Don't really have the talent to check. Um, but with inlay, really sweet. And it made £42 at auction. So nothing really. You know, it's a little thing. However, uh, a couple of days ago, gentleman turned up. Hi, I've come down to pick up the mandolin. And I have come down, and I, I noticed the accent, which I am not going to try and do. Don't worry, don't panic yourself. He came down from the northeast. I was just noting where we were on the uh, podcast recording, so that our brilliant producer David <laughs> Can cut could this um, bit out. edit that bit out. <laughs> so he came in and said something like "Hadaway" and "Don't do it." Go on, stop it. I can't help myself. Lovely chap, and we showed him his mandolin. And he had travelled down from up near Saltburn to, yeah, to collect his mandolin. He then went on to explain to me that he plays in a mandolin orchestra in the northeast, and that he fell in love online with the little mandolin. And he bought it and he's come down and he's going to clean it up and refurbish it. And that little mandolin that was in a house in Dorset. So, oh, sorry, I should have mentioned it's a German maker. So, so it's a German mandolin. He's never been good at telling stories, listeners. I, I really the should. Salient point. The salient point. Right, David, <laughs> when I'm you guessing. edit this, when you edit this, can you get that bit to the front of the story? Make my story work, please, David. That would be brilliant. M needed to mention, it's a German mandolin. So this German mandolin, let's look at its little travels. Made in Germany, played in Germany, ended up in Dorset. House clearances at deceased estate ended up in Devon at our auction house in our custody for a month. Gentleman from the North East of England has fell in love with it and taken it back up there. And next week it will be playing in a bandstand in Saltburn as part of the Mandolin Orchestra. But my favourite bit of the story was he said, quite ironic, the Germans bombed our bandstand. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm, not now, sure. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how he pieced that bit together. You know, the fact that it would now play at the reconditioned bandstand after the Germans bombed it with the mandolin that they made. I'm not quite sure how to tie all that together, but our listeners, I am fairly sure, will work it out. I, I, don't, I haven't got anything to add to that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> So you think it's it's a sweet story, I think. It's a historical story and it is interesting. I think that I like the stories behind the things that we sell. So 
as you know, we did uh, a year before, just before lockdown, we did a Star Wars sale mm. and we had a lot of personal memorabilia from Carrie Fisher. Yes, that's true. And there was a photo of Carrie Fisher and our client's mum sat on a bench in, I want to say California, I think that's right. And it was bought by an American lady who lives on the opposite coast. Right. And she bought the photo and it was signed. That's what the collectability, apart from the fact it was from her, but this lady's personal collection, it was signed by Carrie and they'd obviously carried on a correspondence. So there was all sorts of bits and pieces in this lot. She sent us a photo of her and her friend who had flown across America, gone to the location and sat on the bench to have their photographs taken in the same pose as Carrie Fisher and our client's mummy. Uh, right, tell me, any good clearances coming up? Uh, yes, we've got some some fabulous clearances coming up, actually. One in particular, which we signed up yesterday, a local family uh, but whose parents hail from Stoke-on-Trent, obviously famous as the Potteries, famous for, you know, Wedgwood, all of that kind of stuff. And... I have just seen glimpses in boxes and in um, display cabinets of some really interesting old looking and these uh, the parents worked in the potteries in oh, wow. the ceramics industry. Yeah. And so we've been told that they believe that some of the pieces in the house might be literally, um, what do you call them? First drafts. That's not the right word for Unique, it. Unique, one-offs. One-offs. Apprentice pieces. Apprentice pieces. That's right. Um, or an even so unique that, you know, something that they tried and said, nah, not quite happy with that. Doesn't work for us at the moment. And that's gone home with the, the potters. And so I'm really quite excited about that because it will give us a chance to, to look at the history. We've got a lot of Matchbox cars again uh, in our next sale. And I was privileged to... I actually personally went and collected this lot of Matchbox Corgi. And in a little house, only a couple of miles from our auction house... I kind of alluded to, you know, where do you keep your premium collection? And I got a private viewing of basically a little tiny box room where all the windows are blacked over because you won't let sunlight in because it might bleach the boxes and saw the most premium collection of Matchbox and Corgi mint. So did you know um, I learnt... I'm not being clever, that a Matchbox Corgi run of cars is always 75 cars. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. I feel that is something that I should have known. Exactly. I felt a bit, I was like, mm, auctioneer, really should have known that. And so for the first time in my, we've all seen the fine little Matchbox cars in their boxes in premium condition. And this gentleman said, you see that case there? If you look closely, you'll notice that that is Matchbox 1A. So one of their first editions. And guess how many is there? And I went along the lines, 1 to 75. Every single one from that collection. And he's got multiple collections like that. Probably one of the... the pre- oh, he's got the 
Starsky and Hutch car. He's got the Batman car. He's got the, uh, you know, all of the Bond cars and all that. I mean, it was an outstanding, outstanding collection in a very normal house in suburbia in a box room. So, by the way, you asked me if we had any good clearances coming. No, because we're not getting that because he won't let me have it. But it was... <laughs> But it was still absolutely amazing to see. I went a bit off track. Sorry, just had that thought. How about no, you? No, no, no. I was, I was listening to you because I was laughing because I knew there was going to be a punchline. The punchline is you haven't got it. No. I went to, I've been to a house recently with, um, well, there are two houses. And the second house I went to, um, it's got a huge collection of mousemen. And, oh, um, wow. Yeah. We're not getting that either. <laughs> so the, these are these are these wonderful house calls where you learn a lot. But f- I think it was 80 or 90 pieces of old mousemen no. furniture. It's absolutely no. amazing. Every room, every table, every chest, everything they do. Is hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds uh, worth of furniture. Worth an absolute fortune. And oh. they said, I've got two prints in the bedroom, <laughs> some Lloyd Loom. <laughs> and, and I was like, Okay. And they said, but do you want to have a look at all this? I said, well, I have been looking at it as we go and I'm looking at some other bits and it's really interesting and it's all about educating yourself, isn't it? And I was like, but I'm not getting any of it. Other, oh, no, no, no. no. I've no, got a no, picture no. in my head the of stickers you. stickers mean which member of the family's getting it. Really. <laughs> I've got a picture of you hugging a mouseman dresser and yeah, sobbing, yeah. sobbing quietly yeah, yeah. as they try and yeah. prize your hands away from the hand. I mean, I've got the figure that I can hide quite a lot of mouseman furniture behind me as I edge to the door. <laughs> but, I mean, it, yeah, it didn't work. No, awful. <laughs> absolute, absolute joke. Um, but, yeah, no, those, those are... The best and the worst appointments all at the same time, aren't they? They, they are amazing, yeah. I mean, I didn't realise there was so much to learn about Matchbox cars collecting. But they are quite amazing things, particularly when you, when you see them, uh, when you see such a stunning collection. And it just goes to show, never judge a house by its frontage. Cover, yeah. Book cover. You. This was a... A, love, a lovely little house in suburbia. You would never know what's behind that front. It was quite amazing. A little museum of little tiny cars. It's better than your Saab. We've got an auction tomorrow. We are meeting up to do an auction tomorrow. That's nice. Yes, that's you're travelling. You're travelling late at night. Oh, in the cool air. Not in the Saab. As somebody whose family was affected by the rail strike yesterday because I, I had to go and collect my daughter... God bless her, because she got trapped because literally the trains were stopping around her and she was trying to get out of London to come and visit us for a couple of days. And um, yeah, that hasn't gone well. So I shall see you in Windsor tomorrow, Harry, where we will undoubtedly make our fortune. It's not about making money, mate. It kind of is. So the, the problem I have with tomorrow, we've got quite a lot of nice jewellery, which a lot of people seem to be... That during viewing days, I keep coming down to the jewellery counters and there's a lot of people trying things on. And sort of pointing it at various partners and friends going, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> that means we're going to have some fun on the rostrum. All right, mate. I will see you later. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of The Gavel and the Gabble with more inane ramblings. Hopefully not about bombs and JK Rowling. But you never know. <laughs> Who's to say? Who's to say? See you next time. See you, mate.